0: Iowa's Newsworthy Past is a project imagined and curated by me, Kristen Noonan, a newly minted librarian.
1: With help from
0: Rod Library at the University of Northern Iowa, I come through an encyclopedic, handy-dandy Iowa Historical Newspaper Library Guide to select stories and record myself reading them out loud all in my basement. The music you're listening to right now is by Iowa City's Blank Shaw, and the music you're about to notice in the background is by Memphis resident Brendan Lee Spengler as your time allows and please enjoy. You're totally free. No strings attached. Blast from the past. It's another day and I'm glad you're here. Welcome to January 14th on Iowa's Newsworthy Past. Our first stop on this day in history will be in Indianola, Iowa in the Advocate Tribune newspaper on January 14th, 1886. I'm your host, Kristen Noonan. It's a pleasure to be your guide today. Let's roll! Warren County Livestock Sales We made short mention last week of a project that was on foot to establish monthly livestock sales at Indianola but had not time to explain the matter at length. In all our large cities are regularly established markets in which the owners of livestock can show them for sale and to which all persons wishing to purchase habitually report. Three, these markets are common ground on which buyer and seller meet with mutual advantage. It is not so much a proposition needing demonstration As it is an axiom a self-evident truth that the best place to sell an article is where there are a number of buyers the correlative of this is equally true and equally self-evident namely that the best place to make a purchase is where the article desired is exposed for sale it necessarily follows that these markets are a great benefit both to buyer and seller Outside the larger cities, people have been slow to avail themselves of the benefits of common marketing ground for their livestock. Farmers have been to a large extent left without the benefit of competition among purchasers, and in great measure compelled to accept the first offer for any of their stock that was ready for market, because it was so uncertain when the next offer would be made and what it would be that generally they could not afford to miss a reasonably good offer, while they have often been constrained to accept very inferior ones. The buyer, too, having no definite time and place at which to meet the seller, has been compelled to go about over the country at considerable expense, often failing to find just what he wanted and as a matter of course, could not afford to pay as much for it as he could at an open market, at which he could make his purchases immediately with little loss of time. From time to time, various attempts have been made in isolated localities to establish markets, but from want of cooperation or a man of experience, honesty and vim at the head of it has not attained the success desired When, however, the matter has had the good fortune to fall into competent hands, it has met with surprising success. Some 25 years ago, an enterprise of this kind was started at London, Madison County, Ohio, that immediately found permanent footing and has been a popular success for a quarter of a century. The sales have been kept up there regularly, one day each month. The farmers from a very wide scope of country But habitually make that day their market day and London their marketplace. In this way, a large amount of stock is gathered in for each monthly sale. Stock raisers make a special effort to have their stock ready for sale on sale day and have it in the market. Thus, the place has become famous for the large amounts of livestock stock exposed there for sale each market day and buyers resort thither in large numbers. Each one has an opportunity to select that which will please him best, make his purchase and go to other business, hence he can afford to pay the top of the market for him. Sales are made rapidly and much time and money saved. The sales at this market have amounted to as much as $50,000 in a single day. Washington County House, Fayette County, Ohio, Xenia, Green County, and other places might be mentioned where the, these monthly livestock sales have met with remarkable success. Mr. Kyle, the gentleman under whose management it is proposed to inaugurate this system of sales, has given the subject much study and careful investigation and is a practical businessman of experience with all the necessary qualifications to make the undertaking a success. He has taken hold of it with a determination that it shall succeed. He has taken pains to get our businessmen interested in it and has the promise of their hearty cooperation. The hotels and livery stables have promised concessions that are very inviting. Negotiations are pending for half-rates on the railroads. Already the owners of some 800 head of cattle ready for market have begun to make arrangements to have their herds here on sale day. A good show of stock and a consequent prospect of large sales seems certain. Everything seems to indicate an auspicious opening. Our merchants will doubtless be quick to take advantage of the opportunity and increase the attractions by offering special bargains on sale day. So that men will have extra opportunities for selling their stock and making purchases at inviting prices before they leave for home. If the weather on Tuesday, the 26th, shall be propitious, we hope to see such a show of stock ready for the market as has never before been seen in Warren County and the effort crowned with such success as will at once establish these sales on a permanent footing and now from the advocate tribunes january 14 1909 issue school notes report cards will be sent out next monday noon when schools close next friday afternoon the first half of the school year will close Owing to the want of room for recitations, no new classes can be organized for the second semester. The seniors and certain of the pupils who hope to be classed as juniors later in the year will be especially interested in the reports for the half year. Myrtle Davis is a member of the senior class sprung a surprise upon the class, the school and friends generally, by marrying instead of continuing her work in school. She and John Kofi, a former member of the class graduating last year, were married Sunday afternoon. Owing to a freeze-up of the heating apparatus, it was necessary to dismiss the Irving School for the forenoon last Friday, the coldest morning of the year. Colds, mumps, cold weather, and numerous other difficulties are combining these days to reduce the attendance in the lower grade rooms until teachers are embarrassed for means to employ their time. The High School Young Men's Christian Association will send a number of delegates or visitors to attend the Great Men's Meeting to be held in Des Moines February 11th, 12th, 13th, and 14th. Kate Dunaway has been in the hospital in Des Moines for some time. Her high school friends are gratified to hear good reports from her and look forward to her speedy restoration to health. Genevieve Brown, Ethel Cupps, Lorraine Guy, Clara Halden, Russell Courier, Phil Eagle, Hugh Jackson, and Paul Proudfoot were high school visitors Friday morning and appeared to enjoy the song service of the morning. The report of the educational commission appointed for the revision of the school laws of Iowa is out and is being carefully considered by the school people of the state. The action of the commission was endorsed by the State Teachers Association. The first of the mother's meeting with the public school teachers under the auspices of the local WCTU was held at the South School Building yesterday afternoon. A large number of mothers were present and the meeting proved full of interest to teachers and mother- mothers. The program was very brief and the question box was made the largest feature of the exercises. M- Mesdams, Baxter, Douglas, Hine, Ego, Keeney, Lamb, Lundy, McCoy, McElroy, McKee, McNeil, Noble, Pex, Robinson, Schooley, Slocum, Steele, Smith, Towney, Walker, and Yetter were present. Most of the ladies present took some part in the discussion. The teacher of the two schools held their schools in session until 2:30 and then dismissed them and attended the conference. The teachers present were Mrs. Baker, Dunning, Fraser, Ego, Johnson, Kelly, Park, and Van Gilder. The next meeting will be at the North School and the rooms upstairs will be dismissed and their teachers, those teachers will, be, will attend the meeting. It was voted to continue these conferences. A committee was appointed to draft a program for another meeting of the order of the one held yesterday, sometime in April. Large gift to the library. Dean Taylor has notice of an important gift of books to the Lennox Library, the donation being made by James C. Young of Minneapolis. Mr. Young is a grandson of Henry Carter, one of the founders of the college, and the gift is made in honor of Mr. Carter. The collection embraces 1,000 volumes and is the most important single gift of the kind ever received by the institution. Mr. Young is a noted bibliophile and it is said that his extensive library includes a collection of some of the most valuable and rarest bindings of both hemispheres. Several other smaller donations have been made to the Lennox Library of late. From the Hapkinton Leader. Origin of the Postal System The wonderful postal system, which has reached out until it includes every country on the face of the earth, had its beginning in the mind of an ingenious Frenchman. In 1658, early in the reign of Louis the XIV, M. de Velayer established a private penny post. Boxes were set up at the street corners for the reception of letters, and offices were opened in various quarters of Paris. Collections were made once a day from the street. Boxes followed many hours later by a single delivery, and thus the first post office in the world was established. M. de Valier was so greatly encouraged by the success of this enterprise that in order to develop it still further be printed certain forms of billets or notes which were intended to cover all the ordinary requirements of business in great towns. These forms contained blanks which were intended to be filled up by the pen with such special matter as might be necessary to complete the writer's object. The idea at once became popular, and the printed forms accompanied the expansion of the postal service throughout the larger cities of France, and it was many years before they fell into disuse. Our next stop on this day in history is in Lacona, Iowa, in the Lacona Ledger newspaper on January 14, 1921. Iowa news briefs. James Barry, 14 year old Ottumwa boy, was instantly killed when the sled on which he was riding collided with another sled at the intersection of a steep hill. Allie Leonard of Muscatine, who is charged with the slaying of his father, has gone to Unionville, Missouri, where his preliminary hearing is scheduled to take place. In 1920, there were 26,746 silos on farms in this state, an increase of about 4,000 over the preceding year, according to the latest available figures from township assessors. Three Iowa counties are to offer more than $1.5 million worth of roadwork to contractors for bids during the first three weeks in January, according to a statement from Ames. The Allen Walden estate near Corydon, through decision of the Supreme Court, will be divided between homes for orphans and friendless children in Des Moines and Ottumwa. A dynamite cap, accidentally placed in the warming oven of a stove, caused an explosion at the home of C. Powell, president of the Mondeman Mercantile Company at Mondeman, Iowa, recently. Thieves broke into a tire shop at Spring Hill, Iowa, recently and secured automobile tires and casings. Police at Des Moines were notified and asked to watch for two men and a woman in a Ford car who are believed to be the f- thieves. County Agent Wilson has organized a cooperative shipping association for farmers near Shelby with a character membership of 21. The object of the association will be to ship livestock and produce cooperatively to curtail shipping expenses. E. E. Markley of Mason City, Iowa has been notified that his brother, John R. Markley, and the latter's son, Lawrence Markley, D. Clarence, Gibbony and F. W. Shriver, all of Philadelphia, had met death by drowning off the Campeche, Mexico coast recently. Arthur Springer of Louisa County has withdrawn from the Speakership race, and Arch McFarlane of Black Hawk County will be reelected without opposition, it is said. mister McFarlane received a letter from mister Springer in which he said he would not be a candidate. Iowa's two cent fair law was given a death blow by a final decree of federal Judge Martin J. Wade, permanently enjoining enforcement of the law. Judge Wade confirmed the report of Masters in Chancery F.F. Favville, holding that under the present conditions, the two cent law was confisc- confiscatory and in contravention of the United States Constitution. Judge George Josephson of the Sioux City District Court instructed the Woodbury County Grand Jury to probe alleged charges by Mayor Wallace M. Short that certain city officials are accepting bribes. Mayor Short is to be called before the Grand Jury and given opportunity to explain his charges. The mayor refused to comment on the order. Alleging that her husband, Andrew W. Downey, though worth more than $75,000 had contributed but $2 to her support in the past 8 years, Mrs. Minnie M. Downey, wife of the prominent retired farmer of Muscatine, filed suit for divorce, asking permanent alimony in the sum of $30,000, as well as temporary alimony of $100 and $150 a month until the case is settled. There are practically no farms changing hands in Appanoose County at this time. The call for liquidation of loans by the Federal Reserve Bank, urging country banks to call in their paper, has unsettled the farmers more or less, and no one can tell just where the situation may lead. The visible results in this county show that farmers are slitting tight and doing all possible to weather through the present hard times. A number of arrests have been made in connection with the attempt which was made to blow up the house of Chief of Police E. M. Flattery of Fort Dodge, L. C. Rice, and W. M. Ackage were arrested and were given a thorough grilling, but nothing was learned from them. It is believed they had nothing to do with the affair, Chief Flattery said. They will be held for further investigation, however. Every possible clue is being followed and more arrests are expected. Gov. W. L. Harding was authorized by the State Executive Council to demand a refund to the State of $4,617 from H. M. Havner, Retiring Attorney General. The money which the Council alleges Havner owes the State is the salary of F. C. Davidson, Assistant Attorney General, a sum of $35 a day for 77 days, plus a penalty of one-half that sum. The council claims Davidson's employment was not authorized by law. The action is based upon a report by F. H. Paul, state accountant. The country home of E. L. Albaz, near Havelock, was destroyed by fire recently. The family was awakened by the smoke and compelled to flee to the snow-covered yard in their night clothes. Nothing was saved from the house. The loss will be about $10,000. Letter from W.W. W. Sons, Long Beach, California, January 6, 1921. To the dear people in and around Lacona, I will endeavor to drop the ledger a few lines to let the friends know we are all well and are very thankful for this. As the old year goes out and the new year comes in, let us all look forward and hope for better things. As I was scanning the pages of the ledger, I saw the account of the sad misfortune of U. G. McRae. Indeed, I could not help but weep for those dear people, and then, when I pause and look around, I see similar things happening every day. This country is a fast-going people, seems to be mad with excitement. We had lots of accidents and deaths here during Christmas and New Year's. My brother Isaac and son and myself was up to Pasadena Christmas, they had a flower parade. There was as near as I could tell, about 300,000 people there. So many people, you could hardly see anything for For people. on, Indeed, I got tired looking at people. I see the Ledger Farm products are getting pretty cheap. I am afraid this will work a hardship on the farmer. I must not forget to tell you that G.W. Bennett and wife of Cheriton and Dan Barger and wife were down to see us Sunday. It seems like home to meet these people. Mr. Courtney and wife were down and took dinner with us the other day. Dr. Hatfield was in Long Beach the other day and invited us to come and see them. We shall make them a visit in the near future. I saw a man digging his sweet potatoes. The vines were green, people are sowing barley and getting ready to plant potatoes. There is a big crop of oranges, they are worth 10, 15, and 25 cents per dozen. I was glad to see a letter in the ledger from Brother Polk and to know he was still in the ministry. We were up to the aviation field the other day, this is just outside of Long Beach. They had 20 planes, the planes are flying every day. I see by the ledger that the Christian church people have elected their church board. I think they have made a good selection with the exception of myself. Well, perhaps I better close for fear I weary you. WW Sons. That's it for January 14th on Iowa's Newsworthy Past. Thanks for tuning in. Hey there, thanks for listening. Hey, if you liked your ride, remember that you can follow me on Instagram at Iowa's Newsworthy Past. If you didn't like your ride, well, maybe you will tomorrow.